up uh, again this morning, Dr. Brad uh, Beller, and we're just so excited to have him. Uh, we know that we're going to be fed this morning, so that's, uh, I was up early uh, preparing my, my, my setting, had my plate, got my fork, got my knife ready uh, to, to, take, to partake in this spiritual uh, buffet. So Dr. Brad, just feed us as much as, you, as, much as we can handle and more. Uh, so we're, we're excited. We, we can't wait to get you out of the bullpen. Uh, so this morning, we just like to, we always like to open up uh, with prayer and just invite other uh, gentlemen and other uh, ladies in. So if you're watching, uh, if you join us Zoom, uh, live on Zoom, if you join us live on Facebook, uh, share and invite some other brothers and invite some other young ladies in. Uh, we don't mind uh, ladies joining us, but one thing that we've targeted, we targeted men. We targeted uh, this platform to help uh, men, to, to give men a better understanding, to give men uh, better knowledge about decision-making, about how to uh, be in a relationship and, you know, man, what it takes to be, uh, you mean, just a business owner. So, you know, we, we just thank uh, God for giving us uh, Dr. Kenneth Green decision and allowing us to be a part of it. So this morning we have our prayer list. Um, we got uh, Brother uh, John Prince. We got uh, William Johnny, Brother Johnny Mack, we got Courtney Fields, uh, we got Brother Barbara Lucas, who's having surgery this morning, and of course, we, we're still praying for Courtney Fields and her family, uh, 50 days in the hospital, and now she's out, and she's, she's in recovery, but we know that uh, they're still fighting, so we still want to cover uh, that family, because we know that God is able, and we just thank him for being a healer, we just thank him for being a way maker. We just thank him for covering our minds. So this morning, we just give you all the thanks, Lord. We don't take any, uh, uh, we don't take any responsibility. We, we just give it all to you. So this morning, we're just going to go into prayer and uh, just bow your heads, brother, as we go into prayer this morning. And Lord, we just thank you this morning uh, for yet another opportunity to uh, be in your presence, Father God, to just come this morning to just give you thanks and the glory uh, that you so richly deserve. Because, Father, you, you've uh, allowed us to get up on this day, Father God, and experience brand new grace and brand new mercy. And, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you, Father, for uh, just allowing us another opportunity, Father, to fellowship uh, one to another, Father. But most importantly, Father God, to enlighten, Father God, and to uh, help men understand some things that they may be dealing with that they're not reassured of how to approach uh, those things and how to deal with those things. And so this morning, Father, we're talking about decisiveness, Father. And so we, we just thank you for uh, giving us these, these valuable pieces, Father God, that you put in place that, uh, that have uh, come to enlighten us about decisiveness and, and, and what it means to be decisiveness. And just thank the, the, the brother, uh, Brother Franklin, uh, who came up and said, uh, here's what the four traits or the four things that that makes a man a, a, a great man. You know what I mean? We, we thank you, Lord, just for understanding that maturity is a key asset, understanding that decisiveness is a key asset, understanding that consistency and strength are key assets, Father God, in order to help us, Father God, continue to grow and continue to be uh, good husbands, continue to be good stewards, continue to be uh, good business owners. So we just thank you this morning. Uh, Father, for this opportunity, Father, to just be able to uh, digest, Father God, some more uh, information, Father God, some more um, just just words of, of wisdom and words of encouragement, Father, that would help us to, to grow, Father, and move to the next level. And we just thank you, Father, for uh, the, all of the men and all of the families that are represented on this prayer call. 
Father, would we ask, Father God, that you uh, look into our those individuals that are on our prayer list, Father God, and just strengthen them, Father God. And first and foremost, Father God, speak to their mind, Father God, and let them know, Father God, that the devil is not after their health. The devil is not after their cars, Father God. The devil is not after their job, but he's after our minds, Father God. So strengthen, Father God, our minds, Father God. Protect our minds, Father. Your word says, Father God, we walk by faith and not by sight. And your word says that faith without works is dead, Father. So we, we ask, Father God, that they continue to uplift you, that they continue to uh, just allow your word to manifest, Father God, in their situation, in their lives, Father. And just for the young ladies that's on, on our prayer list that's having surgery this morning, Father, we ask, Father God, that you you be with the doctors, Father God, that you go in that, in that uh, room, that surgery procedure before the doctors even get in there, Father God. Speak to her mind, Father God. Speak to her, uh, her spirit, Father God, and let her know, Father God, that everything is going to be all right. Father God, speak to her family, Father God. Speak to her, her husband's mind, her children's mind, and just let them know, Father God, that everything is going to be all right, that she's going in, but she's definitely coming out. And so, Father, we just thank you for that. Father, we just thank you for the family of Courtney Fields, and we thank you for Courtney Fields, Father God, for just, just for them to be able to experience healing and for others to be able to experience healing through her journey and through her testimony, just to see her up and at them again after 50 days in the hospital, Father. That's a testimony all in itself. And so we thank you this morning. And Father, we just ask, Father, for you to just speak to my brother, Johnny Mack. He's, he's overwhelmed. Uh, right now, he's not complaining. He's just overwhelmed. And I'm just, we just talked about he's in a season of growth. And so we just ask Father to give him, to center him, to give him focus, Father God. And there's a, a shift that's taking place, Father. And just show him, Father God, speak to his mind, speak to his spirit. Give him the physical strength, Father God, to carry on and just, just, just direct and guide his mind. And so we just thank you, Father, for growth. We thank you for us to be able to experience growth in our family, Father God. This is my family. This collection of brothers, yes, I call them family. They are my brothers. They're my brothers in Christ, and they're my brothers uh, here in the natural. So I, I claim them, Father, and there's nothing they can do about it. And Father, we just want to uh, uh, get Dr. Brad at the box, and we just thank you, Father, for uh, loaning him to us, Father God, and allowing him, Father God, to sow uh, into our lives and to sow into other men's lives on a national platform, Father God, to share his wisdom, Father God, and to share his knowledge and understanding about decisiveness, Father God, and allow us, Father God, to pick his mind. Allow us, Father God, to go inside his brain, Father God, and to read between the lines, Father God, and to just be able to digest this information that he's going to use. And not only to digest it, Father God, but to be able to, to, to apply it to our lives and apply it to our situation. So, Father, we thank you this morning. Father, we know that there is no other God but you. And, Father, we, we just come, Father God, to... Uh, help other men, Father God, because we know this is a platform uh, designed and created, Father, to empower and to uplift other men. And Father, I'm just here to tell them that there's a collection of, of problems, there's a collection of issues on this platform. So we're not telling them anything that we hadn't experienced. There's a collection of mistakes on this platform. But here we are. We're still praising you. We're still giving you the glory. So we thank you this morning. And Father, I just ask, Father God, that you continue uh, to cover those uh, essential workers, Father God, because we're not out of the pandemic, Father God. Some have begun to let their gods down. Some have begun to take it lightly. But Father, allow us, Father God, to continue, Father God, to operate in faith, to be smart about this thing, Father, to practice social distancing, to wear a mask, Father God, to, uh, to get their shots, Father God. 
we thank you. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. Because some 500 million people have been affected. But here we are, Father God. We thank you. This is our prayer. In your most precious daughter, son, Jesus' name, amen. All right, fellas, what's going on this morning? Y'all ready to get it in? Got the prayer in and um, yeah, no, I'm excited again, as always, to be here with the brothers. Um, today, we're gonna be talking about decisiveness. And, and when I think about the word decisiveness, I think about being able to make a firm, confident, non-regrettable decision. Like a non-regrettable decision, basically saying, if I was to make this decision all over again, no matter what happened in, you know, in terms of the outcome, I would still make the same decision and I wouldn't regret the outcome. And so um, as we talk about decisiveness and making non-regrettable decisions, today we're gonna to be talking about how identity influences decisions. I'm excited about this. Identity influences decisions. And so I'm curious, how many people here have ever made a decision that they wish they could take back? <laughs> right? I mean, sometimes it could be on a daily basis. You know what I mean? But there are some decisions that I wish I could take back. Like, man, if, if, if I could just go back in time, if I could just go back in high school, if I could just go back in college, if I could just be like, man, I wish I would have never said yes to that thing or that one, right? It's either that or sometimes we just don't make a firm enough decision, right? Like the decisions that we make aren't clear. And so therefore, because there's not a clear definitive decision, things may not be carried out very well or orders may not be, uh, be carried out the way that we want because the decision was kind of wishy-washy. Anybody ever make a wishy-washy decision? Me too. And so... Oftentimes what happens is that we make decisions uh, in, uh, we say, you know what? Uh, I feel good about this decision. If you ask anybody like how they make important decisions in their life, sometimes they'll be like, well, um, you know, if it, if it feels good, I just kind of get a good feeling. Or some people make decisions on impulse, even if it's like really big decisions. Uh, some people uh, ask advice. Some people look for a sign. I mean, sometimes like, I wish I could tell you I wasn't that person who sometimes like, you know what, I'm looking for a sign. If I, if I see the sign, well, then I'm gonna go ahead and make the decision. And so oftentimes these are things that we use to make decisions. We make decisions on feeling, we make decisions on advice, depending on who we get advice from, may not be the best advice. And then sometimes like we look for a sign. And so unfortunately, when we go that route, we, we, we do that, we feel good about it, we make the decision and then things don't go well and then we regret it. And so here's what I've realized is that it's, you know, to make non-regrettable non decisions has nothing to do with feeling, has nothing to do with really looking for advice, but to be able to make non-regrettable decisions, it's more of, do you have a framework with which to make decisions? Do you have a way like a process, a system with which 
you make difficult decisions in your life. And again, it has nothing to do with feeling, has nothing to do necessarily with advice, but within that framework to make decisions, it has everything to do with identity. The framework with which you have to make decisions has everything to do with identity. One is you have to have a framework. We're gonna talk a little bit about how to have a framework for making decisions. But within that framework, probably the biggest filter with which you put your decisions through is identity influences the decisions significantly. And so some of us don't know our identity or some of us have lost our ID, right? We've lost our identity. So we're making decisions not knowing the identity or having lost our identity or sometimes we have a fake identity. And so therefore, our decisions, when we, when we pass them through things, when we pass them through our identity, when we pass our decisions through this identity filter, what we're getting as outcomes is, is regrettable. And so I had, a, I had a discussion recently with a healthcare CEO, a uh, real sharp guy. And uh, I was asking him questions about how he runs his company. We're doing some different things at our clinic. And so I got introduced to him. And with me kind of taking a little bit of a leadership role at my clinic, I, I said, you know what? I want to interview some people who are at a uh, kind of C-level executive role. And I want to hear how they make decisions for their company. Now, mind you, this person had built multiple businesses, has built multiple hospitals, uh, and, at some, and at one point was responsible for thousands of employees, very successful, he's now retired. And he said, you know what? I have, this, I have this framework that I put every decision through whenever I was a corporate executive. He said, and there's really three things that I use as a framework. He said, and, and, and anytime I've, I've, there's a big decision to make in the company, I would take it through these three things and he said, and every single time it was a non-regrettable decision or it was a non, yeah, it was a non-regrettable decision that they made. And so I said, first thing, he's like, you gotta have some core values. He said, what are, what are the core values? What, you know, respect, um, uh, you know, um, respect was one of his. He named several different core values, but in essence, these core values, I looked at as the way uh, the, the, the business identified themselves, right? These core values that they had. The other thing he said is, you know, we had a mission statement in terms of who we were serving, where we were going, what we were doing. I kind of look at this as, a, as, as, you know, the purpose statement of the, of the organization. So really is, you know, what is, the per, what is the purpose of where we're going? And when that's clear, again, when they're making decisions, they can always go back to this to be able to see what decision they're going to make. And the last one was, what is our goal? What, what, what direction are we moving in? And so those were the three things. And so I've kind of broken them down to be able to say identity, purpose, and goal, right? If you could look at, if you know your identity and it's clear, if you know what your purpose is and it's clear and you know the direction that you're going, you can look at the decision, you can look at the thing that's coming up and say, okay, if I pass it through these things and these things that I'm passing it through are clear, on the other side will be a non-regrettable decision that I would make 
again and again and again, no matter what the outcome. Now, I'm not going to focus today on purpose or goal. Today, I'm going to focus on identity. And so our identity drives our decision-making. Our identity is, is, is like our internal belief system. It is our internal belief system. It is how we see ourselves. It is literally how we perceive ourselves. Our identity is like our decision-making compass. If you know how a compass works, if you're trying to navigate, not really sure where you are, it's time to make a decision, you can look at the compass and always know where north is. And therefore you have perspective. And so your identity is like always knowing where the north is so that you, so that you know where to go next. And so write this down, how you see yourself is how you'll be yourself. How you envision yourself, how you see yourself is how you will be yourself and you will make decisions that are consistent with your internal belief system, which is your identity. Write this down. Belief, be belief determines behavior. Belief determines behavior. And so if, the, if, if your identity is your internal belief system, what happens is that that internal belief system drives your behaviors or drives the decisions that you make and therefore the outcomes that you get in life. See, there is a well-known sequence of behavior. There's a well-known, well-researched sequence of how we get to continue to do the things that we habitually do, our behaviors. And the way it works is like this. You have your internal belief system what you believe, how you see yourself, your identity in your brain, which influences or leads to the thoughts that you have, those thoughts lead to the feelings that you have, and those feelings lead to the behaviors. That right between feelings and behaviors is decisions, right? Right between those thoughts and feelings and the behaviors is the decisions that you're, make to, that you're making to make those behaviors, which therefore leads to outcomes. And so how you identify yourself influences the decision you make. I identify myself as a man. So guess what? If there's a woman's conference, I'm not going to be there, <laughs> right? I identify myself as a doctor, therefore I'm in a hospital, that it influences my decisions, right? What, how I see myself is going to influence what decision that I make moving forward. And all we are is an external representation of our internal identity. So how we show up in the world, how you look, what you say, what you do is all an internal is all an external representation of your internal identity. So what we express to the world is a reflection of who we believe we are. Uh, we talk about beliefs influencing behavior. You know, if someone says, and by the way, oftentimes you can know what someone's belief is because of what they say. Sometimes somebody says. Oh man, you know, I've heard somebody say this other day, like, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just an emotional eater. But if you're just an emotional eater, guess what you're going to do whenever you start having some emotions? You're going to eat. 
you know, if you look at somebody like a Steph Curry, I always like to use Steph Curry as far as his belief. Like Steph is a phenomenal shooter. Steph believes himself to be a phenomenal shooter. So when it's a three-point shot and it's, it's the last second, Steph ain't got no problem pulling the trigger. You try to do the same thing with Shaq. Shaq don't believe himself to be a great shooter, so he ain't gonna shoot it. His belief determines whether he's gonna shoot the shot or not. And so you have to understand that. Now, I want you to think about an ID, right? We're talking about like our identity and like our identification. I want you to think about an ID. Like when you pull out your ID, you know, got your picture and everything on it. Well, your ID is like an external representation of who you are. Like it says everything to who you are. It says your name, it says your height, your eye color, even goes as far to talk about you being an organ donor. And it represents where you are from. It shows people your citizenship, even down to your address. Now, here's what's crazy. The Bible says that we are not of this world. The Bible says that our citizenship is in heaven, <laughs> is God's kingdom. And that we should represent, that our identity should represent where we are from. Philippians 3.20 says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Man, Paul is one of my favorite, man. Paul goes in. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven. John 15.19 says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Meaning, if you were of the world, if your internal identity says that you from here, you from the world, the world gonna love you all day long. But you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. First John 2, 15 through 17 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. He's not representing him. That's not the identification he's got. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the father, but is from the world. The question I have for you this morning is, does your internal ID, does your ID represent your kingdom citizenship? Does your ID express to the world where you are from, where you represent? See, um, got a funny story. <laughs> I wish I could tell you I was just this saint in college, but that just wasn't the case. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I, can, I can remember me and my college roommate, we were not of, of age yet uh, to get into this club, but we wanted to get into this club. And um, I, had, I had an ID that... Uh, uh, was actually a real ID. It was a real ID. It was just my brother's ID. But I never forget, my friend got this fake ID made. He got this fake ID made, had a different age and all this stuff on here. And, you know, we, we walk up to this club and I swear, man, this dude was about six, nine, 300 pounds, uh, the bouncer at that, you know, outside of the club. And, um, you know, he looks at my ID, uh, I get in and, uh, you know, he looks at my friend's ID. He looks at it, shines the light on it, puts it in his pocket. And my friend was like, what's going on? He was like, it's a fake ID. 
He's like, I can't let you in. Like, I'm not letting you in. And so, you know, as I think about that situation, he didn't let him in because the ID was not truthful. The ID was not truthful. And so my question to you this morning also is, does your ID, does your identification, how you identify yourself represent truth about you? Is it what God says about you or is it something fake of what, not what God says about you? See, a fake ID represents low confidence, saying I'm not a good husband, hanging on to things of the past, uh, believing things in ourselves that are completely false compared to what God is saying about us. That is completely in opposition to the stamp that he said on us whenever he created us. Our real ID, and so if you think about these fake IDs, before I even get to the real ID, our fake ID is not allowing us access into places that we should be able to get into, but we show in a fake ID. And so I got to, you know, think about it. If you, if you represent, if you presented your ID to Jesus, would he be able to recognize you as one of his residents? As one of his citizens? Your external representation of yourself, if he looked at that, would he be able to say, oh yeah, man, come on in, like we good. Or is he gonna say, you know what, man, like it shows that you're not really from, I mean, everything that's showing here is not really showing that you're from here. So here is what our real identification says, our real identity says, what God says about us. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, you are more than a conqueror. He says that you are made in the image and likeness of God when he created man. You are co-heir with Christ, co-heir, as if Christ is like right next to me. And that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you that you are covered in his blood, you are a forgiven man. These are the things, this is your true identity. And here's what's unique about this, is you make different decisions with your true identity. When you walk in a space of knowing that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, when you walk in a space of knowing that you are made in the image and likeness of God, that low confidence stuff that was on that fake ID, nope. We ain't talking about that. You know that you are the husband you've been called to be. You know that you are the business owner you've been called to be. You know that you can walk and talk in a completely different light and make and therefore make different decisions because your identity as the compass of being a decision-making tool, once you put your decisions through that filter, it comes out as non-regrettable because it is exactly who you are and who you are supposed to be. It is who you are. Many of us have just simply forgotten or we have just not reminded ourselves of who it is that we truly are in our identity. So here's what I wanna tell you. The call to action today is to work daily on scripture to remind yourself who you are. I want you to just look up your top three scriptures of who God says you are. You can Google it, you can literally say, uh, you know, what does scripture say about what God says about me? And you can find the top three scriptures. And I want you to daily, 
daily say those three scriptures to yourself every single morning, five times each one. We got to start remembering who we are. And I can tell you because of that decision-making sequence, that identity will now start to be revealed. We'll start uncovering all the mess, all the fakeness. We'll get down to who we truly have been created to be, which will lead to our thoughts, decisions, or our thoughts, feelings, decisions, and behaviors being different. And therefore, we get different outcomes and non-regrettable decisions. And so guys, your identity and the decisions that you make, really, the decisions that you make are completely hinged on who God says you are and your identity and the way that you will make the decisions that show that you represent kingdom is by being reminded of who God says you are. Thank you, fellas. Dr. Brad, can you guys hear me? Dr. Brad, I just wanna first of all say thank you once again for coming on. Man, I always love it to have you on to bless us and uh, I'm, I'm not going to even mess up your message but you know I, as you were talking I was just thinking about that old saying that said if you don't know who you are you will fall for anything and man you have you have definitely showed us the, the some of the pitfalls of not knowing who you are and then you later showed us the benefits and the reward that comes when a man knows who he is. And just like the doctor that you are, you wrote us up a prescription. Now, whether we, now, now whether we go take that prescription and, and adhere to the medicine that has been prescribed for us is on us. But the doctor has written up a prescription for us. And man, this was such a wonderful message. And, and uh, I tell you what, Dr. Brad, you know, I might have I might have a fake idea and, and, and hadn't even realized it. So this has caused me to check some things in my life. Do I have a fake idea? If I do, that's okay. Because you told us what, what how we can fix this. And so if you've got a fake idea, we need to do like that bouncer. Just throw it away today. Throw it away and start over. You, you, you've given us a wonderful prescription. Dr. Brad, we say thank you. Always thank you for being so prepared. Always thank you, brother, for adhering to the words of God. And uh, I, I tell you, any man that's on this call, if you've got a friend that was not able to make it on, share this message today. You know, guys, that's how we're going to change this world is when men start to know who they are then we can make about the change that God has called for us to be in the world. We can't do it if we don't know who we are. Dr. Brad, thank you once again. And I pray for your ministry. Pray for all the good work that you're doing in your clinic. With that being said, gentlemen, I'll close us out. Dear Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for uh, Dr. Brad and all of the men that were able to be on this call today. We pray for those that were not able to join this call for whatever reason. And God, I pray that as Dr. Brad has challenged us to go back to uh, scripture, to search the scriptures, to find out who you called us to be. And God, that's my prayer for every man, Lord. And uh, as we leave this call today, 
I pray that we get in a quiet space where we start to challenge ourselves and even challenge other men that are around us that may not be walking in their purpose. Lord, we need to know who we are, who you created us to be. And that's my prayer today for every man, Lord, that's on this earth. In Christ Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hey, fellas, thank you guys. Go out and have a good weekend. Dr. Brad, we thank you. We'll continue to be praying for your ministry, bro. Thank you, guys. You guys, take care. Thank you, Doc. Doc, I appreciate you, man. I accept the challenge. Doc, you bad boy, man. He, he cold. He cold. I'm glad he didn't charge us for this. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll get a bill. He does, man. Yeah, we'll get a bill. You know, them doctors will bill you now. They'll bill you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know Reggie's the dress, so it's coming. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs>